Well, tonight I'm going to invite you to open your Bible with me to John's Gospel. As Nigel said, we, we have been uh, in a series in Ephesians in the evening time, uh, and uh, we're taking a pause from that. The last Sunday night of the month, we do step into what we call our big question series. It's an a opportunity for us to look at big questions, and tonight we're thinking about the question of why bother with mission, uh, and we're delighted to have Derek along with us. But before Derek comes to speak, we want to read from God's Word. So we're in John chapter 17 tonight. John chapter 17, and we're going to begin to read at verse 16 through to the end of the chapter. So John chapter 17, and we're going to begin to read at verse 16. This is God's word to us this evening. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world... I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I in you, May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and that have loved me and even as you and love them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. And to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love that you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Amen. And we thank God for his word to us uh, this evening. Derek, I'm going to invite you to come and to update us a little bit uh, on the work in Balbao. Um, but I will try my best to speak as quick as possible, as short as possible, but to the point. So let's see how we go. The topic for tonight is motivation for sharing the gospel. I could just say, point you to Matthew 28, to the Great Commission, uh, where Jesus says, go into all the world and sit down, and that would be the end of the sermon. But I think we need to go a little bit deeper than that, don't we? And what I want to do tonight, very briefly, is to marry two important doctrines in the Bible, two important emphasis in God's word. And so I want all of us to come together and work on this. The first one is sharing the gospel. We know, we know that is something we should do. We know we should be telling other people about Jesus Christ. Hence why Jane and myself and the two kids are, are in the Basque country, is to communicate the gospel, to gossip the gospel to those that are there. But what motivates us to 
share the gospel. Well, the second doctrine is so important, and that is God's glory. God's glory. And what I want to do is, is tease out what does the Bible mean by God's glory very briefly. Because it is important and it is a great motivator for us to gossip the gospel, to share the gospel. When we talk about glory, we're talking about something that's weighty, that is heavy, that is abundant, that is wealthy, that is worthy. The other night, in one of the churches I was speaking, and I brought about, up about Arsenal Football Club. And in, in a sense, I'm a, a fan of Arsenal Football Club. I've never been to the, the stadium. Um, I'm more of a rugby person now at the moment. But I was saying, wow, I just want to talk about Arsenal. How great they are. They're fantastic. They're super. They're super. Imagine talking about Liverpool. I mean, who'd want to talk about Liverpool? The, where are they today in the table? But Arsenal, number one for the moment. Well, that was fine, except when I was uh, shaking hands with someone at the door, this, what I would call a very unspiritual man, said to me, so what about last weekend? And then I thought, what's he on about? And he was right. Arsenal had lost 4-1. So there wasn't too much to glory about there, was there? He brought me back down to earth and saying, look, okay, you can go on about them. But really, really. But when we think of God, we think of abundant, we think of wealthy, we think of worthy, we think of weighty, we think of heavy. Genesis Chapter 31, verse 1, says the following. Jacob has gained all this wealth. Jacob has gained all this wealth. That word wealth is the same word as glory in the Hebrew Bible. So we could read it this way. Jacob has gained all this glory. People are looking on him and saying, wow, Look at Jacob. Look of all, at all his glory, all his wealth. Now we're beginning to understand when we talk about God. Wealthy, abundance. You see, the glory of God is his own overflowing abundance, gaining him a reputation for being the most wonderful person in the entire world. Once when I was speaking to a student group in Spain, I said to them this, your God is too small. Your God is too small. Your idea, your concept of who God is, is far, far too small. And guess what? That's true of every one of us here tonight. Everyone. If we saw God fully, we would be absolutely stunned. Isaiah fell down before what he saw. Woe is me, for I'm an unclean man. 
But tonight the emphasis is more on God's wealth, God's glory, and who he is. It should motivate us to want to share this God with other people. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 says this, You, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you created all things. And that's a good place to start when we think about God's glory, that is, creation. You see, how did God create the world? He just spoke. And it came into being. That's amazing, isn't it? Isn't it? When I speak, nothing happens. The great difference. But when God spoke, the world came into being. When God spoke, mankind came into being. We came into being. That is how powerful our God is, how great he is. And we need to remind ourselves of that on a daily basis. We serve an awesome God. My sister-in-laws are here tonight. And if I asked them, what one word would you think your dad would have said that he said often? It's a three-letter word. Isn't that right? Wow. Wow. When he came to his description of God, all he could say is, wow. God is the wow factor for him. He's amazing. How we need to get back to that. You see, as we begin to understand who God God is, then we begin to gossip. Then we begin to praise him. It's a natural response because we see how amazing he is. Look at Revelation 4 verse 11 again. It says this, For you created all things, and by your will they were created, and have, and have their being. In other words, God c- continually keeps us alive. He's the one that sustains everything. And right now, he's the one that sustains you and me. Be nice to know him, wouldn't it? That God. That God who we can know. The one who is all-powerful. The one who keeps us going. Of course, he deserves all the glory that we can give. And that's why Paul in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 says this, so whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all things to the glory of God. Your responses, everything, everything you do is for his glory because of who he is. Awesome God. There's a question we may ask tonight. Why? Why live for the glory of God? Well, the first answer is straightforward. Because living for God honors him. It recognizes who he is. Who he is. 
Well, this is a part that sometimes I believe we as Christians are a little bit weak on. And this is it. Because living for God blesses us. Living for God's glory blesses us. It's incredible, isn't it? As we glorify God, as we get to know him, we are blessed. We are blessed. And I'll tease that out a little bit more. Romans chapter 11, verse 36 says this, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Colossians 1, verse 6 says, All things were created through him and for him. Hebrews 2, verse 10 says, For him and by him all things exist. It's so biblical and everything points to him in this world because of who he is. What's our purpose in life? Isaiah 43 says this, verse 7, God made us for his glory. God made us for his glory. God made us to glorify him. The problem is mankind has turned his back on that. And they become empty, empty of purpose, identity, etc. Who am I? But when we see, when we see we're here to glorify God and live for him, we are blessed. We fulfill what we're meant to be created for. A couple of years back, a girl came to our church. We talked. She came back later on the next week and talked to us. She had everything in this world that she needed. She was good looking, intelligent, plenty money. Matter of fact, at the age of 12, her dad gave her a credit card without limit. Young people, wouldn't you like that, yeah? Without limit. She used to go to France, Italy, all over Europe since the age of 12 for the summer holidays. That was her life. With tears running down her eyes, she said, but I have nothing. No purpose. Nothing. I'm empty. Ultimately, that is what happens, brother, when you live for yourself and not for God. Because again, as we live for God, we are blessed. We find fulfillment. Of course, this goes against today's culture. Today's culture says, look out for yourself. You must put yourself out there. We must walk over people in order to be number one. Well, the Bible says, no, you put me first. You live for me. 
Psalm 37, verse 4 says this. Listen to this. Because sometimes we as Christians, we think we've got our ticket and we're going to heaven and that's it. That's not Christianity. Christianity is this. When you come to know Jesus, he gives you a new set of desires. Deep within you. And as Peter says, joy unspeakable. You just can't put it into words. And I would urge you, urge you, that if you don't feel that, if you don't know that, then pray. Pray that God would fill you with his spirit. Third person of the Trinity. Pray that he would move you. Pray that he would, he would make you enjoy knowing God. Because he's fantastic. Listen to Psalm 37 verse 4. Delight. Delight yourself in the Lord. In other words, enjoy him. Enjoy who he is. That he is the one who, who is in control of tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But isn't it a joy to know that he does? And that he is the one in control of everything? I wonder what's keeping Christians going in Ukraine. Reality is shooting bombs. But oh, I'm sure many of them know God is sovereign and in control of everything. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. As Christian, God gives us a new set of desires and we begin to praise him. Not that we're perfect. Not that we're perfect. Matthew 11 verse 28 says this, Come, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Knowing God is where all of us can enjoy rest. Jesus said, My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. How does the world give us peace? It takes away the problems. How does Jesus give us peace? He gives us his spirit, his peace through those difficulties. He gives us a joy through those difficulties. He gives us assurance that he is with us, that he walks with us through those difficulties. It's great in ministry as well, isn't it? Knowing that. When things go hard or difficult in ministry and you wonder why people aren't responding, I just say to the team, We'll let that with God. He's the one who works by his spirit. Now, the passage that was read very, very quickly, John 17. This is Jesus' prayer. And listen to this as we think about it. Because this joy that Jesus talks about is so important when it comes to motivation for the gospel. 
that we may have, verse 13, that we may have the full measure of his joy. That's God's desire for each one of us here tonight, that we would have the full measure of his joy. I picture that like a tap running uh, into a jug, uh, the water flowing in and just flowing over and flowing over and flowing over and flowing over, nonstop. That's what God wants for us. He says in verse 22, that we may share in his glory. When God created this world, he created mankind to enjoy his creation, to share in his glory, to share in who he is. Verse 24, that we may see his glory. I would love to spend more time just unwrapping all of this. But when we recognize who God really is, when we begin to see how awesome he is, how majestic he is, and we begin to honor him and glorify him, we are blessed. We are blessed. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Knowing God blesses us. Jonathan Edwards said this, God is infinitely the greatest and best of beings. All things else with regards to worthiness, importance, and excellence are perfectly as nothing in comparison to him. You see, as we begin to see who God is, we go, wow. As my father-in-law used to say, we go, he is awesome. Awesome. I'll finish. C.S. Lewis at one stage had a problem with this. That is, us being called to praise him. Matter of fact, God calling himself, glorify me. And we read it in the Bible, of course. But then he began to realize that we we all do it. He says, the world rings with praise. Lovers praising their spouses. If you don't, you should. Readers praising their favorite poet or book. We go on and we say, wow. Walkers praising the countryside. In our church, we have maybe about seven, eight guys who go for walks every weekend. Why? They just love it. And they come back and say, look, you you definitely have to do this walk. The scenery is absolutely awesome. We do it all the time. Players praising their favorite game, our team, Arsenal football. We do it. You see, to fully enjoy 
is to glorify. To fully enjoy is to glorify. In commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to enjoy him. The Westminster Confession of Faith says this, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. John Piper has changed that a little bit and he says, the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. Isn't that a great motivation for sharing the gospel? God himself, who he is. God is our blessing. The display of God's glory in your life is your happiness. We should all seek to be happy. All of us. But that can only be found in God himself. Everything else comes to nothing. As you think about sharing the gospel, as you think about your friends, as you think about those who you work with, won't you pray that you will show them the glory of God through their, your lives? That you will show them that, wow, you are enjoying who our mighty God is.